Isaiah chapter 53, verse 1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall, he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our grief and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was, he was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment and who sh shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken. He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he laid because he hath done no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed and he shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he hath poured his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bare him and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Now that's reading the whole chapter more than I'll ever preach out. If I had a thought or a text this morning, it would be, can you see Jesus? Preacher, he lived 2,000 years ago. That was way before I was born. I've never been to Israel. I'll never see him with these eyes. I'm going to ask you to look at him today as he went up Calvary's hill. I'm going to ask you to look at him today when he was scourged, when he stood before Pilate, when he was rejected by the religious crowd. I'm going to ask you to look at him today and ask you if you can see him. Now, we lay, lay our eyes on a lot of things on this, in this world, don't we? We look at things we want. 
save for things we'd like to have. We set goals for things that we'd like to, like to possess and things of that nature. And if we're not very careful, we do what Peter did. We take our eyes off Jesus. It's easy to do. Did you know He needs to be number one in your life? Number one. My wife's sitting right back here. I love her. I'll do anything for her. But Jesus needs to be number one in my life. Amen. Friend, I'm here to tell you today, you need to take a look at Him. You need to see Him for what He is. He's not just another great man. He's not just another wise man. He's not just someone that had great sayings and lived a good life. He's the Savior of this world. I want you to see Him. The Bible said He came to His own and His own received Him not. Let's start right there. He was the Savior and yet the religious crowd was the one that betrayed Him. The religious crowd was the one that turned Him over to Pilate. The religious crowd was the ones that had objectives with Him. If we're not very careful, we get in a form and a fashion and we get in our way of worship and thinking that we know what's best. Let me tell you something. It's God's way or no way. We won't have church without Him. We've got to have Him. It's in Him we live and move and have our very being. And friend, if you're here lost and undone without the Lord, you need Him today. I'd love to preach a message that would help our sinners to see Jesus. So boys, pray for me for a few minutes, would you? All right. Can you see Jesus? He came to His own and His own received Him not. The first time we read about Him in the form of a, of a human... That Joseph and Mary went down to Bethlehem of Judea to pay their taxes. And you know the story. We've done it in the pageant here for years. How that they went to the, went to the inn. I believe Brother Jack played to the innkeeper at one time. And, but they took him to the inn and there was no room in the inn for him. He is despised and rejected of men. Oh, they turned him away and so the Savior of this world, the one that brought salvation for sinners like you and I, was born in a barn in Bethlehem. And that's what you meant to him. That's how special you are to him. That the Savior of this world left the splendor of heaven sitting at the right hand of the Father and He left glory to come and bring salvation to sinners like you and I. Can you see Jesus? Can you see Him when they said there's no room in the inn? And so they took Him down there to the barn and I believe the Bible says that when the wise men got there they found, they found Jesus and Mary and Joseph lying in the manger. It might not have looked like much. Now here's Alex and his wife Jacqueline here with a brand new baby. They had never thought about bringing a baby into this world in a barn. But that's where our Savior was born. That's where He came from. That's what He went through just to bring salvation for you and I. Can you see Jesus? There He is. And, and Bob is holding Him close to her heart. And there are the animals that are in the barn. And there's Mary and Joseph. And there's the wise men. That's a good story from 2,000 years ago, preacher. Let me clue you in on a little something. Wise men still seeking today. Can you see Jesus? 
Shepherd, I never thought I'd go this way. <laughs> Shepherds in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And the glory were in Luke chapter 2. And the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said, Fear not, for lo, unto you this day is born a Savior in the city of Bethlehem. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall see the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Can you see Jesus, the little baby boy? Oh, being rejected, he may turn him away, but his mama loved him. His daddy loved him. And this world never knew a man like the Savior Jesus. I want to preach it so plain today. Gary, they're all Dutch bottoms before they leave this sanctuary this morning can see Jesus as for who He is. Oh, so there's the baby. Well, that's a sweet story, preacher, about a baby born in Bethlehem. He didn't stay a baby. He grew up. He And we read where he began to preach, Repent ye. This is the first time that people had trouble with him. When he said, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. His very first message, we read that he preached. He asked people to do something that they felt a little bit uncomfortable with. He asked them to repent. What does that mean? That means to look and take a look at your life, assess where you are, and where you need to be and ask the Lord forgiveness for what you've done. Friends, we've got to a day today where we let pride keep us from saying, I'm sorry. Everybody's got too good to, to admit to wrong today. Everybody's right and nobody's wrong. Let me give you some scripture for that. But in case you think I'm preaching just what Michael wants to preach you. Every way of man is right in his own eyes. I'm here to tell you today, I'm wrong and he's right. Can you see Jesus? You need to be looking for him. <laughs> they took offense because he preached repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand let's move right along I'm not going to keep you very long today I know everybody probably has plans but I want you to see Jesus this is what this Sunday is all about yeah. I know yesterday we had the egg hunt I know yesterday we had candy and things like that had a gathering and ate and you probably got plans with your family today this day is about Jesus this day is about what he did for us at Calvary. This day is about what he did for us when he rose from the grave. This day is about what he brought out of there when he came out. What did he bring, preacher? He brought by your salvation. Can you see Jesus? All right, so let's take him all down. And, and, the, and, and the people that he worked with, the people that he spent every day with, his disciples were there with him. And we see, I could preach to you about the Last Supper. We could go into that, but I'm going to start with where Judas kissed him on the cheek, didn't he? A man that he had walked with, that he had talked with, that he had done miracles in front of. A man that he loved, I believe, because Jesus loves everybody. And most of all, I'm glad that he loves a sinner boy like me. Oh, 
Judas had walked with him. He had talked with him. He had seen him work miracles. He had seen him make the blind to see the life to walk. And yet, he turned his back on the Savior. He betrayed him with a kiss. He sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. I believe the heart of Jesus. He knew it would come. It was prophesied. He knew what had to happen. But don't tell me that it didn't hurt him when one of his friends turned his back on him. He was human just like you and I are. In the flesh, men rejected him. Judas, the man that walked with him every day, rejected him and sold him out. Well, preacher, if that had been me, I wouldn't have done that. We sold him out for more less. Can you see Jesus? Can you see the disappointment on his face when, when Judas leaned in and gave him a kiss? Can you see that? And then they took him down. Let's, let's stay right there for just a minute. The soldiers came to get him. You might say the police showed up. Now how would you feel? There you are. And the cuffs come out. And they put this on it behind your back. And they put the cuffs on your wrist. To march you down to be in the courtroom. How would you feel? And yet, when one of his friends stands up for him, Peter draws his sword and cuts off one of the soldiers, his name was Malchus, cuts off Malchus's ear, and the ear falls to the ground. And Jesus is about to go before Pilate to be judged. He knows the cross is waiting. He knows he's going to be nailed. He knows he's going to hang between the heavens and the earth. Here's what Jesus does. Can you see it? He stops. He reaches down. He sees the blood running down Malchus's face. And he takes that ear and he puts it right back on. And Malchus can hear just as good out of this one as he can this one. Can you see Jesus? When he was going to Calvary's hill, he still had mercy on somebody that needed mercy. Can you see Jesus? And so they took him and he stood before Pilate and Pilate said and had him scourged. Now I've read a little bit about what they used to scourge people with. It's a whip but it has multiple leather togs on it and on the ends of those pieces of leather it has bits of metal and I read this this week. You know what else they used to tire the flesh of the Savior with? It had bones from sheep in there. It had, and I found that interesting. What are we if we are not the sheep of the Good Shepherd? They used the bones of the sheep to tire the flesh of the Great Shepherd. They took his hands and they tied them to a post and they stripped him of his garment and they beat him and they drew blood and the blood poured down his back 
back and down his thighs. And blood dripped all the way to the ground. Preacher, that's awful gruesome picture that you're painting. It had to be because for every lash, for every lash, for every drop, it was my sin that was being covered. Oh, every drop of blood that was shed was shed to cover my sin and your sin. That's why it had to be a great volume of blood because I have not been perfect. I was lonely. I was blackened. I was covered in sin. And those sins had to be washed away. And the only way a tide would not do it. Mama couldn't get them clean enough. It took the blood of Jesus to cover my sins. Can you see him? Preacher, I just don't know if I want to look at that. You better. Because we caused it. We're the reason that he had to go to Calvary. We're the reason that he had to leave glory. Because we needed redemption. We needed salvation. I don't know why this come to me. I saw it this week. Somebody quoted a verse. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of this world. You know what the second verse says? Jesus died for all the children. Not just for the children. He died for grown-ups like you and me. He died for the black man. He died, died for the Asian. He died for all humanity. He don't care what race, what color, what gender they are. He just died and shed His blood for all. Can you see Jesus? There He is. They've beaten Him. Then they take Him back to Pilate. They take Him down to Herod, don't they? And they put the purple robe on Him. A robe of mockery. And they took the time. This is how devious men are. This is how violent humanity is. They took the time to weave a web, to weave a crowd of thorns. And they took that and they forced it down on his head. And the blood pours down his temples. The blood shed for you and I. The blood that Jesus was willing to shed so that we wouldn't have to die. Why did he have to go to Calvary, preacher? Because we were hurtling helplessly toward hell with no other way of redemption. And he went to Calvary and paid the price for our sin so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. If you want to go to heaven, you got to go through the blood of Jesus. God can wash away my sin. Can you see Jesus? They said when they scourged him, the pieces of bone, the pieces of metal would catch the flesh. And they would jerk and rip that and rip out big pieces of flesh and blood would pour that was he suffered so that we could be saved. 
the price of our salvation. We'd have never been able to afford it, but Jesus, the song says, Jesus paid it all. Yeah. All to Oh, can you see Jesus? Oh, there he is. He's been scourged. He's been scourged. Flesh torn from his body. Wearing the crown of thorns. Devised to cause him pain. Blood covered from head to toe. Preacher, why don't you preach about heaven? Because you need to know how to get there. Amen. Amen. Now you know when you here said somebody that's in the medical field. Ask her. Over there said somebody's in the medical field. You ask her. When you lose a great volume of blood, the body becomes weak. It's just nature. There he was that he was human. <coughs> they laid the cross on his shoulder. They said he was weak where he had lost so much blood. And so they compelled one Simon yeah. saying, well you Yes. Will you bear his cross? They compelled one. Maybe Simon wasn't so keen on volunteering, but they kind of took him by the arm and they put him there and laid that cross on him. But I believe, here's this is just conjecture on my part. I have no idea. The Bible doesn't say it all. But I could just see Simon years and years later with his grandchild up on his knee say, guess what I got to do, son? I got to bear the cross of our Savior. I got to walk in His bloody footsteps. Praise be to God. I met the Savior and I bore His cross. Can you see Jesus? Much more in this than I'll ever freak out. You need to be looking for him. What did I say this day was about? It's about Jesus. And I appreciate all these young people here today. Listen, today's about Jesus. Guess what tomorrow's about? It's about Jesus. Guess what Tuesday's about? It's about Jesus. I don't think I've heard Don sing this with the kids. It says, Every day with Jesus. It's sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, I grow to love Him more. Life is all about learning more about Jesus. I was blessed. Give me just a minute, will you? I was blessed to get a good education. I went to Walter State, went from there to UT, graduated UT twice, and then went to LMU and graduated. I count all that as done. 
that I may know Christ. I just need to know more. Number eight in the green book, I want to know more about my Lord. Oh, education is great, young people. Get as much of it as you can, but it will not get you from earth to glory. Amen. You'll have to know Jesus. Amen. Can you see Jesus? Let me finish. The religious crowd betrayed him. The men that he walked with, worked with, talked with every day. Well, yeah, Judas did. He wouldn't know anymore. Peter did as well, didn't he? Didn't Peter deny him three times? And here we sit today. I know I've done it. I don't know about you. I've sat right in the sanctuary and the Lord would say, talk. And I'd say, if that's you, <laughs> is that not denying him? Yeah. I'd say, if that's you, have so-and-so sang such-and-such song. You know what happened? They'd sing it. And he'd come back to me. Has he done you that way? He'd come back to me. And I'd say, Lord, if that's you, let such and such testify. Here in just a few minutes, they'd open their mouth and have the prettiest testimony you'd ever heard. Peter didn't do a thing we've not done, folks. He denied him three times. I've denied him a lot more than that, ain't you? Oh, he was denied by his friends, denied by the religious crowd. Denied by the government. How do you figure that, preacher? Pilate thought he was innocent. Pilate sought to release him. But you know what happened to Pilate? What's happening in our world today? Politics. They don't get into that, preacher. You'll make me mad. It does not matter what your politics is. Every day you need to see Jesus. Every day you need to be looking for Him because just Democrats, just Republicans aren't going to heaven. It's the redeemed of the Lord. It's those that have seen Jesus and believed on Him to the saving of their soul. Sinner friend, you need to see Jesus. Amen. Have you seen Jesus? There He stands before Pilate. Pilate says, thou, he said, thou say that thou art a king. Jesus said, thou sayest it. But you know where this is going, don't you? It was Jewish tradition that one prisoner be released to the crowd. And so they brought out Jesus. And they brought out a man that was guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. He had committed murder. He committed sedition. And Pilate asked the crowd that day. I believe I heard Bobby give his testimony the other night about when they did an Easter play down here. And it was just a play. He knew the people didn't mean him any harm. But when he walked down the aisle as Jesus and the crowd was screaming at him, it had an effect on him. How do you think Jesus felt? 
when they said, Away with him! Crucified! Release that to us, Barabbas! What will I do with this Jesus? They said, Crucified! He tried three different times to get the crowd to see that this man was an innocent man. He even took the wash basin with the water and washed his hands in front of them in an effort to show them that he was innocent of this man's blood. I'm here to tell you today, you know what the Israelites said whenever they said, Give us Barabbas? They said, His blood be on us and on our children. They didn't know what they was saying, but thanks be to God, I got some of it. Oh, my soul will die. But I called on Jesus. If you want to know what happened to the blood of Jesus, well, they shove right here. Can you see Jesus? They marched him up Calvary Hill. This is what happened to Jesus. You need to know this. They marched him up Calvary's hill. They laid the cross down. I've heard people say they made him get down there on it. No, they didn't. He laid down there willingly. <coughs> you know the story they put nails in his hands and his feet. I don't want to just gloss over that. You ever been driving a nail and hit your finger with a hammer? Mm -hmm. We can't take that, can we? And they drove the nail through Jesus' hands and his feet. They say the worst part of crucifixion, and we think of Jesus when we talk about being crucified. It was very common in that day. History teaches us that at one point there was 2,000 people crucified at one time. They say the worst part of it is your body weight is supported by your hands that are over your head and it makes it almost impossible to get a breath. He hung like that for six hours. Can you see Jesus hanging between the heavens and the earth on the cross? Blood pouring down from the thorns. You know where that thorn came from? It came from Adam. Go over and read Genesis, the third chapter. What did God tell Adam? that the ground would produce because of his sin. Did he not say that the ground would bring forth thorns and thistles? Those thorns came from out. Who is Adam? I am. You are. Those thorns produce blood for the redemption of our sin. Crowned with thorns, blood pouring down, body covered in blood. It was an ugly sight. And if I were Jacqueline or some of these young mothers, Wendy, I would probably take my hand and put it over my children's eyes if I had to stand and look at that because it was something you wouldn't want your children to see. And yet, it brought salvation for all humanity. They offered him vinegar to drink. Can you see Jesus? And there stands his mama. Remember her from... Luke chapter 2, where she kept all those things and pondered them in her heart. And there she is. Now you tell, I don't know how you are, but when I see my mama hurting, when I see my mama crying, when I see my mama brokenhearted, I want to do something about that, don't you? And there's Jesus looking down off the cross. 
And his mother standing there with tears in her eyes because her child is suffering. And he looks down and there's John standing beside of her. And he said, woman, behold thy son. And he looked at John and said, behold thy mother. He wanted to take care of his mama. Can't you see Jesus? And there was darkness over the earth through the sixth hour to the ninth hour. Now listen, here we are. It's springtime. It's after 8 o'clock these days in good old East Tennessee, whatever, it gets dark, ain't it? So from 6 to about 7 or 8, we're pretty sure the sun is going to shine. If you hear a few years ago, in the middle of the day, we had what they call a solar eclipse. Do you all remember that? It got dark, didn't it? At a time when the sun was supposed to shine on Golgotha's hill, there was darkness over the face of the earth from the sixth hour to the ninth hour. And you know what the next scripture says after we read about that? Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He stood alone and forsaken, shed his blood. Can you see Jesus paying the price for your sin? And as he hung between the heavens and the earth, and the blood poured down his body and dripped down to the ground, every drop was for my sin and your sin, paying the price for our redemption. Can't you see Jesus? Let's go on. Then he bowed his head. He said, it is finished, didn't he? What was finished? His life? No. The plan of salvation. Amen. He said, it is finished. He bowed his head and gave up the ghost. And if that's when you quit looking, you're going to miss it. If that's when you quit looking at Jesus, you might as well worship Confucius. If that's when you quit looking at Jesus, you might as well worship Allah. If that's when you quit looking at Jesus, you might as well just worship your truck or your football hero or your TV actor or actress. Don't lose focus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Can you see Jesus? The Jews quit looking at him. They smoked their breasts. Said, we've done it. It's over with now. We've got rid of this troublemaker. The Jews quit looking at him. There's more in this than I'll ever preach out. So you go home and you read your King James Version Bible. Read about the last three or four chapters in each of the four Gospels, and you'll be able to see Jesus. Yeah. Let me finish, will you? Can you see Jesus? Joseph of Arimathea went and begged the body and him and Nicodemus prepared the body as the manner of the Jews is to bury. There's a lot in that story alone. We could talk about how, how Nicodemus was a regular churchgoer and Jesus told him you must be born again. They prepared his body, wrapped it in the linen, put it in a new tomb where never a man was buried. There was nothing in there and there's still nothing today. Some of them went to Pilate and said, they said, he'll come again on the third day. 
So Pilate gave him a watch. Gave him soldiers to stand there and guard the tomb. Rolled the stone up over the door and sealed it. I don't know what they used to seal it with, but they sealed it. They wasn't planning on him coming out, but he was. Can you see Jesus? We see the two men walking down the road to Emmaus. He said, what manner of communications are these that you're saying? His mama brokenhearted. Men that had watched him just touch the dead and they would live. They stood and watched him call out Lazarus' name. As Lazarus came forth to the tomb, they saw blind Barnabas receive his sight. And their Savior was in the tomb. But early on Sunday morning, can you see Jesus? <coughs> Are you still looking? Keep your eyes on Jesus. This is not a magic trick. It's a miracle. Yeah. It's a work from God. Don't, don't let me shuffle things around and you lose track of Jesus. You keep your eyes on Jesus. Early on Sunday morning, here goes Mary and Mary Magdalene with spices, carrying them down. Well, here they are, carrying them down to anoint the body of Jesus. And they get there and the soldiers are as dead men. And the stone that was sealed has been, they even talk amongst themselves, wondering how they'll get the great stone away. And the stone has been rolled away. And Mary says, have you seen my Savior? It's my words. And the, and the angel says, why seek it? Oh, let man, whoa, among the dead. He's not here for his risen. Come see the place. Where the Lord lay. He didn't have to have the stone rolled away. Right. He could have went through it if he wanted to. But that was just for you and I. So we wouldn't lose track of Jesus. So we'd still be able to see him. He's alive. He lives forevermore. He spent some 40 days, I believe it was, walking and talking. Some 500 people seen him. And then he went out with his disciples as far as Bethany. And he lifted his hands and he blessed them. And he ascended up into the heavens. And the angel said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand you here gazing? This same Jesus that's gone away is coming again in like manner. Can you see Jesus? That's a good story, preacher. Okay. If I can't see him in his physical form. My son's sitting right back there today. We've got three sons that are healthy. Never had any major physical ailments. You know I've got, who I've got to thank for that? Jesus. Yeah. Maybe I told this. I remember going to Nashville one time for a conference. If you've ever been in downtown Nashville, they've got heat that radiates up through the sidewalk. You'll be walking along, there'll be a big metal grate. 
And there'll be steam and heat coming up out of that metal grate. And the homeless people will take pieces of cardboard and they'll lay on that metal grate during the winter. You know, I've never had to do that. I've never been homeless. You know who I see in that? Jesus. You can look at me and tell I've never missed a meal. You know who I've got to thank for that? Jesus. Here you are on an Easter Sunday morning. You are not in the hospital. You are not at the graveyard. You're not in the funeral home. You've got your family sitting beside you. How beautiful a sight is this right here? Oh, you're blessed beyond measure. Who do I see in all that? I see Jesus. Amen. Do you see Jesus? Listen, friend. There was a group of people that didn't believe in the resurrection in Jesus' day. I find it ironic that their name was Sadducees. You know why? Because it's sad they couldn't see Him. How about you? Can you see Jesus? They sang the song, He's more than just a story. He is the King of glory. I'm glad. I know who Jesus is. You know how I got to see Him one night? An old-fashioned preacher preached to me that hell was real and I was going there unless I talked to Jesus. Oh, I didn't want to go that awful place called hell and I didn't know how to pray, but I got down and I said, Jesus, please save me. And about the third or fourth time, the fear of hell left me. I felt a peace in my heart and I got to see Him. You can see Him at Dutch Bottoms. Did you know that? You don't have to go over in Israel. When these singers gets up and the good power of God gets on them and the tears roll down their faces, you can see him. When the preacher man preaches and the good power of God is in him and it moves something on the inside of you, that's Jesus. You can see him. When a good saint of God stands up and says, God has been good to me. Just let me tell you how much He's blessed my life. You can see Him. That's Jesus. You might not have known it. I saw Jesus yesterday over in the pavilion. He was using somebody to be a witness. And let me tell you something. You say, oh, preacher, my time is past. My hair is gray. My bones ache. You never get too old to see Jesus. You never get to the point where God can't use you. He can use you to be a blessing and a help to somebody. i just tell you, I saw an elder... Witnessing to a younger. And I saw Jesus. You can find him right here. Amen. Right there. You can find him. 
You can find him right here. Let me relate this to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Ask and it shall be given. Is that not Bible? If you don't want to be scared, listen to me, sinner friend. If you don't want to be scared, come talk to Jesus. If you don't want to die and go to hell, now listen, I would do everything I could possibly do, and that's, that's why I'm up here this morning. I'm not up here because I crave an audience. I'm not up here because I think I'm an eloquent speaker. I'm here to preach you the gospel because I want to see you saved. I'm here to warn you that hell is real. Everybody believes in heaven. That's an easy one, ain't it? Do you know hell's real too? Real people go there. Real people burn there. And real people can't get out. And the only hope you've got between here and an eternity in hell is the few precious moments while your heart is beating to see Jesus. Do you see Jesus? Have you looked for him? Friend, he's real. All this that I preached to you about this morning, he did for you. He shed his blood on Calvary so you wouldn't have to die and go to hell. He knows your name. Did you know that? He knows who you are. He knows the very number of hair that's on your head. He knows how tall you are. He knows your thoughts. He knows how your heart is beating out of your chest right now. Do you see Jesus? Would you like to get to know him? I'm not going to hold you much longer. I want Marquita, if she will, just to come and play a verse. While she plays, the altar's right here. If you're scared of dying and going to hell, you don't have to be. May I introduce you to this friend of mine that hangs out the stars and tells the sun when to shine. Friend, I'd like for you to meet Jesus. I'd like for you to get to know him. How about it today? How's it feel on the inside? You know, death don't care how old you are. The first funeral I ever stood before was of a five-year-old boy. And I believe the Lord took care of him. I've got a little bit of evidence in my Bible. If you look through it, there's a piece of paper in there that he quoted to his grandmother. He called it his song. It talks about him seeing angels. But what if death finds you? What if you didn't make it, and preacher, you're trying to scare me? Yes, I am. Because I don't want you to die and go to hell. And hell don't care. Satan don't care. He'd just soon take you as he would me. He don't care. Wouldn't you like to come and know Jesus? Wouldn't you, come, wouldn't you like to see Jesus? Friend, you need him. You need a Savior. Life is too short go through without Jesus. Why don't you come? <laughs>